HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Now it says for businesses in the food space or not even just food space, but businesses that do online and you know, for online businesses, you know, we'll have to do deliveries. Yeah. One of our major problems is um, logistics. Yeah. So I tell people, like, even when I speak to my friends and they say, Oh, yeah, what kind of business can I come and start up with? <laughs> they come and start a logistics company, <laughs> you know. So, especially for food, because with other non perishable items, it's easy, you can tell your, you can. Offers over 24 hours a day, but then someone places an order. Ideally, they should get it within a specific, mm-hmm. you know, at a, at a specific yeah. time. And then I wouldn't want to be, you know, I mean, if I start someone on the island places an order, I try to get the orders out as early as 9 a.m. But then the baby guys, <laughs> my bike's fall. Yeah. Could he stop to me on the road? <laughs> You know, <laughs> you, you don't have control. Game, over you don't have control. Yeah. You know, so so this is me now. You know, you're working so hard trying to keep the best service mm-hmm. you can, but then there's something else which you have no control over. But thankfully, we have understanding customers. You know, we, you know, we explain to them this is Lagos. You know. Hi everyone, you're listening to Item 13 Podcast and I'm your host, Yom Tego. Every week, we'll delve into the world of African food, including chefs, curators and bloggers. I hope you enjoy it. This week, I speak to Vivian Ngodu, the founder of Chop Streets, a food discovery platform that helps people find great places to eat and enjoy African and Caribbean-inspired food in the UK. In June 2017, Vivian moved back to Lagos, Nigeria, after spending seven years in the UK working with top banks and consulting firms, as well as a digital startup. Vivian is currently in the process of relaunching Chop Streets in Lagos to capture food entrepreneurs operating in the Nigerian food space. Since her return to Nigeria, she has co-founded two startups, an online bake shop, the Mango Bake Shop, and a web design agency, Naira Avenue, that seeks to get every small business operating in Nigeria online by providing them with affordable websites. We held this conversation in Lagos, and it truly felt like catching up with an old friend. Vivian is very open about the personal and professional challenges she's had and how those have helped her become the entrepreneur she is today. Here's our conversation. Uh, 
welcome to the show, Vivian. Excited to have you on. Thank you, young. I'm very excited. I know it's been a long time coming. We have scheduled this so many times. Thank you so much, Daniel. Yeah, I actually finally had to come to Lagos to make it happen. It's meeting. Yeah, it's good actually. I think this will be this will be great. So let's start by you sharing a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up, and then why you made the decision to move to the UK. Because I know you were in London for a little bit. Yeah. Time. Okay. So my name is Viviana Boyle, and I I was born in Nigeria, grew up in Nigeria, schooled, and worked in Nigeria. But in 2010, I made the decision to move to the UK for my masters. And I moved, I went to the University of Dundee in Scotland, and that was 2010. And once I graduated, or before I graduated, I wanted to gain some UK work experience so that I'm just come back home. And I did. And that UK experience turned into seven long years. Seven long years in the UK, and it was quite. Um, it was wonderful. I enjoyed the time I spent there. I got to work with um, various organizations and banks, and I, I more or less continued in my line because I'm in financial service. I used to work in the bank in Nigeria, and I continued when I moved to the UK. Yeah, so, but um, in 2014, I stumbled on um, IT or technology, and um, I wanted to do more. I discovered all oh, websites and app development. Um, I have no background yeah. in technology, <laughs> and I was fascinated, and then I decided to go for a training with a startup in London, mm. and um, I did that for, was one month, I mean, it was a week training, but then you had what you call them, you work experience, you got to continue with the company and learning and stuff, and I got so involved, I really liked it, and I kept saying to myself, oh, Vivian, why did you study accounting? <laughs> more specifically about Chop Street and the inspiration and what it's all yeah. about. Okay. But then um, you did the UK thing and then you decided to move back last last year, last 2017. Year, 2017, yes. So 2017, um, so while I was in the UK, I knew I was, I was always going to come back. Okay. I didn't know when. But for, I just carried on gaining all the skills I could and doing everything I could. But... Um, Moving back home was not a strange thing to me. But in 2017, um, there were certain things I wanted to do and then uh, was becoming a bit of a struggle. You know, it seemed like nothing was working anymore. Mm. I wasn't even deriving joy again from my job. Everything was just stressful. And this was generally... And it's funny because 
Yeah, well, that actually that year that I launched it, the app. I was Chop going Street to say, yeah, you launched yeah. it. That's how <laughs> so I found out about Chop Street. Exactly. I remember it was just all over, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it's funny, you know, but I was pushing myself to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, I like to challenge myself. I like to do things that people think, oh, you can't do it or it can't be done. So even though I put so much energy there, but at the back of my mind, I was still struggling, like, oh, you feel what you really want. And this was the thing, I talked to launch um, the app. So the Chop Street itself started in 2014, but the app itself launched in 2017. So from January to February, I was doing press campaigns and, you know, speaking engagements and stuff. And, but something at the back of my mind, <laughs> you know, my mind was torn into two worlds. And I think it was in May. Mm. I just had that one day and I had a dip thought and, you know, I didn't want to speak to anybody. Right. I didn't want to discuss it with anybody because I didn't want anyone to influence my decision. And I said to myself, and I said, you know what, I'm moving back home. And there was a certain thing that I wanted to do with the app that mm. I was kind of, I was struggling with. I was trying to break into the texting in London and um, it was proving a bit difficult and you know I tried to go for a lot of networking mm. events and all that but it was hard for people to apply to what I wanted to do yeah. maybe the African factor I don't mm. know but um, I just decided the moment I decided you know what I'm moving back home I just found that I had peace yeah you know, one of those things yes. yeah. and it was this was in so this was May this was May of last year and I struggled. Oh, how am I going to tell my parents that I'm moving back? My friends are living in Nigeria. I had siblings in the UK as well, and I'm like, how am I going to break it to them? And you know, so first person I spoke to was my sister, who I used to live with in the UK, and um, she was very supportive. Okay, it's not your decision, but I'm going back home to do in Nigeria. You have a job waiting for you, and all of that. And I said, I don't have anything waiting for me, but I know if I go back home something mm. would, you know, I was very confident, but at the same time, I was doing my research as well. I started doing my research on things I could do, even if I don't get a job okay. in the next few yeah. months and stuff like that. And then I spoke to my brother, my brother lives in the UK as well, and he said, that's fine, I'll support you, whatever you want to do. I spoke to my mom, my dad was the last person <laughs> I was told. He didn't ask me back until two weeks. No! <laughs> yes! Because I know he would be very, his first reaction would be, what happened or why? Yeah. Or why are you coming to me? You know, they wouldn't relate to this other side mm-hmm. of entrepreneurship the way I would say it. You know, my mom was excited. I mean, she wants her child is coming back. back. <laughs> <laughs> very happy to have me home. So May, I think then I told a few people, mm-hmm. I told a few friends, and at the time, I, as I expected, why are you going back? My give it three months. You're going to run back here. And generally, these people are trying to mm-hmm. leave and all that. I said, I know. Very real, and um, and then so we didn't so it's checked for my tickets, but how did you from work? And I started packing and and all the time. But the thing was, through that period, I was just searching myself to be sure I was making the right mm-hmm. decision, and everything just seemed to be the thing yeah. I should be doing at that point in time. Following your gut feeling, exactly, you know, everything works well. You know, even I hear how you know, horror stories about moving the stuff down and everything was seamless for me. Got the you know come and ticket and move back and and the day I was actually my sister saw me up to the airport. I think the thing I would miss most would be my sister because for the last seven years we've we spent together, time yeah. together yeah. and my brother as well. So they were like we've been my family and then I'm leaving them and I also felt she might feel lonely because I wasn't gonna be there mm. anymore. But um I think kind of settled down and got into yeah. the fact that now I'm here and she's over there. So, and I moved back to Nigeria. That's time I've been 
I've been like, I'm really like, because <laughs> it's the one. Yeah, so how, let's talk about that. How, what has the transition? So it sounds like it will be about a year. It's about, it's been yes. about a year, right? Yes, so I actually go back to Nigeria in June okay. last year. So we're getting so, to about a year. Yeah, so this year the reason the transition, it's been, it's been, how do I say? Okay, I think what has helped me the most is um, I think I have a very good support system around me. So um, my family is there, and then my local home church is there as well. So, and then that's kind of helped me yeah. because most of the friends I had before I moved away from Nigeria, everyone has moved on. Right, like, yeah. So, it's not going to be like before. So. Exactly, yeah. Even when I go back to Accra, it's a little it's different. different. Yeah. It's just like a lot of the people you used to hang out with either have also left Accra or just have their own yeah, lives now. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, that was one of the things that I felt like, wow, you know, I have to go back to making new friends mm-hmm. and you know, doing a lot of networking. <laughs> and uh, so, um, but I think having that support system helped a lot. And I think sometimes my parents will be worried, like, oh, I hope she's not depressed. And because sometimes I just stop myself from the <laughs> They were so worried, they'll come down from eat and all of that. But they really gave me that support. I didn't feel like I I was missing out on anything. And I think I didn't put pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. So I told myself that the first three months, so from June to like August, I wasn't doing anything. Okay. I was just relaxing because the truth was the last three years for me they get at work so hard yeah. and I was exhausted. And that's an important thing that people need to you don't always need to be going, going, no. going. It's okay to take, take some time. Break, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. You know, I didn't put myself on any pressure because most the first person people would usually ask me, is, Oh, you're back in town. Oh, I need your content. And I'm like Chill. <laughs> I know. It's actually interesting that people always feel like you have to be doing something, and lots of people identify so strongly with the thing that they do. Like if you yes. they introduce themselves, oh, I'm so so and so, and I work hard, or I'm, yeah, exactly. you know, if you don't put that part, exactly, I think you don't. You feel it's taking something yeah. away from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I felt. I think that's one of the things I've learned over time. I learned not to put myself under pressure. Oh, I mean, oh, my name is Vivian, and if I don't feel the need to say any other thing, I don't, yeah. and I don't think it takes anything. Yeah, away from exactly me. right. So I, I was, I, I wake up, have a good time, <laughs> spend my family. I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. But the thing was, at that time, um, before I moved back to Nigeria, it was actually when I was doing my research, it was actually one company that I wanted to work mm. for in Nigeria, and I read about them. They were doing fantastic. And they were everywhere, so my mind was set on them. Okay. And the moment, as I was just within a week of my return to the country, so they were opening instead, and I put in my application. And it was so that was the one place mm. I was my eyes. I was yeah. other people were like, sending me a CV, yeah. like, just within my CV, yeah. people but, um, actually wanted that to work there. And I had several interviews with them, you know, most of it was online, yeah. thankfully. And, um, but about seven, eight, I mean, even with the work, yeah. I was so heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so bad, like, because I felt, yeah, that was it. And, yeah, I, you know, when you envision yourself in a particular organization, you identify with your values and everything, and it just doesn't work so well. So that was, you know, it was really, really bad. I felt really bad. And I remember one, the final interview, and so they actually told me to, you know, it was about seven or eight interviews I had with them. And That's a lot, yeah. It's a lot, and it wasn't even in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And one of the directors said, okay, so what if you don't get this job? What are you going to do? And I said, oh, move on to plan B, start my own business. And I don't know if he was shocked that I said that mm-hmm. or expecting me to say, oh, no, I reapplied. You know, so, but <laughs> I was being real. As much yeah. as I wanted, I, don't, I was being real to myself. Yeah. Like, you know, I need to get things in place. And I think that kind of helped me because at the end of the day, I wasn't taking, but I had that, oh, going to start a business. Right. But yeah, well, looking for the right timing. And at the right time, which was then in August, mm-hmm. which was actually towards the end of my holiday, yeah. like, getting myself. You know, yeah, I mean, things happen. always happen for you. I mean, people, it sounds like a cliche, but I always say yeah. things always happen for us. In reason, yeah, I tell you, it's, I was, it just proves that because um, if I had gotten that job, um, most of the things that I've started since I moved back to Nigeria wouldn't have yeah. been, you know. Yeah. Okay. So let's then talk about Chop Streets. One of the things that you well not started in Nigeria, but you started in the UK and ran away from (laughs) from there to continue it here. So Chop Streets. What is Chop Streets for people that don't know? Okay. So Chop Streets initially was a platform designed to help people discover African and Caribbean restaurants in London and the. um, long-term goal was to make it in the UK as well, mm. but because London had a larger concentration yeah. of African and Caribbeans, um, I focused on London then, so it was um, get reviews, get deals, but most especially get reviews and find restaurants new, so that was Chop Street. And then I thought when you know, technology was gradually advancing, and I thought, oh, what if people had it on their phone. Oh, so it started as a website. As a website, okay, yeah. It as a website, and the website is still on, but currently revamping up. But said as a website, and then it, I was. It was actually um, uh, how would I put it now? When I started, I didn't know what to expect or how to plan. But then I saw people responded to it, and um, lots of businesses wanted to be found. So most of these businesses in restaurants and caterers in the UK or in London, African and Caribbean, they were there but people didn't know they existed. So I mean you don't know you don't just have to cater to Nigerians or Africans or Caribbeans, you know, why don't you allow the British people come in, you know, try food. Sometimes I go to Asian restaurants and go back. Yeah, why wouldn't it be the other way? way. So I think visibility was a problem then. So the website was there and then I had you know businesses register on the website and have people review them, uh, and um, but then I said thinking be like well, I wanted this thing to be bigger than what it is, <laughs> and I said the thoughts of developing an app, and I worked on it. I did my research, and I finally did it, mm-hmm. and I was looking at which launched in 2017, and um, but the good thing about it was. Um, People loved the idea because people didn't think African or Caribbean were worth promoting or what being talked about yeah. or mentioned, you know. So there wasn't any fine dining African restaurants. Yeah, until Eco came up. Yeah, until London came up, and I think now there's a there's another one that has um, that's going to be opening very soon. But Eco London started, I think, it was last year, 2016. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. But from two thousand from two thousand and seventeen we actually had new African restaurants coming up with different concepts and doing things differently. Yeah. This is like this was a good time, whether you knew it or not, okay. sort of going to that space, right? Because yeah. in the last two years it seems like African food has just exploded onto the scene, you know, in a way that is just 
Yeah, that no one even yeah. imagined. It's changed. You know, the game actually yeah. has changed. I, that was one of the reasons I was... So I pushed them with it, and so that was what Chop Street is. I mean, I would have people mail me or start, and at some point I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe you should go into food consulting. <laughs> but I think then I derived joy from you know, helping people set up, you know, implement processes right. and letting things run the way they should. So when I moved back to Nigeria, I struggled a lot with what to do with Chop Street, mm. and um, I'm like, do I continue? Because now I'm not just sitting on my yeah. So I wouldn't have first hand information right. as such, even though yeah, it's like mm-hmm. I like to experience right. these things myself and so I was so from August, no, from June up until I think from June to April, I had no I didn't I just packed yeah. Chop Street. I wasn't doing anything. And like I would always not want to pressure myself. I thought about it, I still wasn't getting anything. Right. I brainstormed and all the nothing was coming for them how the direction. And I was trying to study the food scene in Nigeria and I realized that it has changed. There are lots of high end restaurants in Lagos now, you know, things have changed. Yeah, know. I went to um knock last night, it no. was so good. Exactly. There's not just Saffleta, there's Sabo, there's Shidekin. There's lots of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, things have changed. Yeah. You know, so I'm trying to, and I don't want to rush into just the things anyway. So I'm trying to understand and uh, survey, see what people are yeah. And then it's interesting because that means that Nigerians are not eating out a lot. Because back then in London, there was a problem. Like Nigerians don't eat out, you know, so you see these restaurants, sometimes you spend money to up a nice place and nobody comes in. They rather order mm-hmm. the delivery and no one was coming up. Yeah, so that's a good point actually because I used to always complain about how um, so I lived in, in more cities in the US, so like okay. in New York, Chicago, etc. And a lot of the African places you go to, it's like um, it's almost as big as this conference here. Yeah. And but then when you think about it, it makes sense because a lot of the people that were buying from them were not coming to sit and, and stay. Right? Exactly. They are buying to take away or buying for your party at home or whatever. Exactly. So there's no need to invest. To invest, yeah. So ambiance and all that stuff. That's actually that. yeah. You know, you go in there, you ask for the money, oh, can I get this, can I get this? Yeah. <laughs> but then you go, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, but, yeah, so come back to Nigeria, and I'm like, wow, yeah. nice. like, even, even in Accra, I think it's, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that, and I have this argument a lot of people, mm-hmm. I, I think Accra's food scene generally has improved. Okay. I don't know specifically about African food, but so generally speaking, yeah. it's, it's, it's Like, true. exactly, I also had the same colleagues on the anime, they had different cuisines, and even up until, even up yesterday, yeah, I think it was yesterday, there was still a new restaurant opening, oh, just okay. seafood. Oh just wow! <laughs> so well, yeah. So the chance to actually even specialize in that niche, yeah. Exactly. Thank you, niche. You know, and this was maybe how many years back? Yeah, you wouldn't. It's Nigerian, it's Nigerian, but now you have only Spanish. Yeah, you're going to be that. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. I've been studying, and then I spoke to someone I met known for social media. I spoke to someone in April. And you know, he kind of, he kind of re- brought up the Chop Street thing. I said, Oh, I've seen what you've done with Chop Street. And did you have it him? I was like, and It was on me. And I like, Wow. And then he said, You need to. And then, but I don't know if I was scared about whether it was the fear or whatever. But he said, You 
can't let that die. You need to. Yeah. Here, I'm actually been thinking about it. Just I'm just looking for the right direction, mm-hmm. and you know that's why sometimes good to sometimes good to speak to people. Yeah. Share your idea. Yeah. Not just yeah. Exactly. But like, I spoken to someone who didn't believe in trust and took me what they are back in Nigeria. Right. About it. <laughs> but then I spoke to this person. Like, oh no. And, and and I think it, it's good, right? Yeah. The, the discovery thing is important. It, it helps, helps the businesses also because a lot of these, it's it, you're not going to Google and find no. <laughs> find it, right? And then my the whole because so now what I want to reach out to is you know we always have people okay people in Africa, Africans, Nigerians in Africa that you know come back to Nigeria, come back. I mean, you're in Nigeria, you're in Lagos now, and then sometimes people come and like, oh, we have the best restaurants right, yeah. and all that. So that's Focus Chop Street is taking now, so I'm trying to revamp the website mm-hmm. to capture all of that, and then it's going to be solely based on user reviews, okay. not necessarily my opinion okay. now. But um, or it's like, oh, okay, you want to travel, you okay, but I tell you, put a trip advice on okay. reviews. So oh, I see. I want Chop Street to be like that. So whether you live in Nigeria or you live anywhere in the world, mm. as long as you're to Lagos and they were looking to eat out. Yeah. One one place where you could actually get um you can actually get all the information, where you can actually get reviews, recommendations. So that's the um that's the that's the um, channel that church is actually mm. taking now. So but someone said okay so are you gonna do with all the London what you had before, I yeah. said no. So what's going to happen is that on the website you're going to have London restaurants and then you're going to have Lagos. Okay. When you go on, they can click on London and then you see London okay. restaurants and the reviews, and then you click on Lagos, you're going to see all of that. So and then I'm looking to also collaborate with most of the restaurants, yeah. Sort of like loyalty scheme and reward scheme. It's something that just catching on to right. businesses in Nigeria. So, so are you doing away with the app completely then? The, no, so I had to shut down the app when I moved back. Um, painfully <laughs> shut it down and um, took it off. It's still, I think it's still on um, Android, um, but the Google Play Store, but I took it off. Um, Apple. Apple, yeah, because I was getting expensive. <laughs> so, but I'm going to restart that. Okay. So once the website is launched and... Um, Go back to doing the app. So let's talk about the app as if it was existing today. Because yeah, are you going to replicate then what was happening? Yeah, I'm going to replicate. So then, when you open the app, what do you see? So you should. So when you open the app, it actually shows you. even have screenshots of it. So it will show you um, restaurants. Mm -hmm. And the way I did it, then you can click on. So because London is massive, so. You to actually it breaks it down for you, so you can either search by cuisine, mm. um, Southern African, yeah. um, West African, which could yeah. um, East African, and all that. So you can search by cuisine, you can search by locations mm-hmm. and stuff. But interestingly, most of the West African restaurants are mm-hmm. centered in. Um, South London, okay, yeah, in South London, and then um, some high end South African restaurants and um, Caribbean restaurants. We actually find them in West London. That's interesting insight that you get from even just collecting all that data and seeing that the trends, right? And that's something I've also had a lot of discussions with you know, restaurant owners, Mm -hmm. African restaurant owners, in in the US and also in London 
And um, I don't think I should mention his name, but there's a Nigerian, because I don't have his special there's a um and one Nigerian guy who has a who has a pop up thing in in Lagos who was say, in in London who was saying that it's not by choice that they uh, you know they would like to have a place on High Street sure, or so Main right. Street or yeah all of those places it's just that it's cost prohibitive for them right and so just when they think about even if they got the investment money, will they are Africans coming to support, support there to be able to support the rent and then will they even appreciate like all the work that goes into that. And so he says, if I want to do it for a living, you know, then it's like, I'm not a trust fund. (laughs) I'm doing this to survive. Yeah. So, so it would be nice to be able to have that, but is it practical to, you know, and, um, following up on what you just said, I remember there was, um, um, there was chop pots and she was based in, she said, it was a Ghanaian mm. restaurant. So she said it, she tried to model it after chop bars yeah. that you know, they have in Ghana. And she had one in, um, I think it was on Finchley Road, which was still a very quite ambitious yeah. area for an African um, food business. Mm-hmm. And she was doing pretty well. And then she was going to open a second branch and then she opened it on Liverpool Street. Okay. So how does an African <laughs> open a food business on Liverpool Street where you have the like of your sushi yeah. and, um, and you have all of those people there. And, but I was happy because I, I visited her her previous mm-hmm. place and you know, she had her she had soups stopped in um, mm-hmm. Sofridge's food oh, section. Oh, yes. okay. It was, so she was pretty much doing okay. well and in fact, she wasn't actually even catering to the Africans. Yeah. So she had more of... Um, um, non-Africans patronizing her and she had a zone she would even sell out there and she had the second mm-hmm. um, store yeah. right on once you come out of Liverpool Street Station and it works <laughs> you will see it there so for me well, I was happy yeah. and excited like wow it's a bold mm-hmm. move and you know she, I'm guessing I don't know she might have put in invest um, from yeah. and from that might have looked up but as of today, I I think the last time I checked it was closed. Okay. But right now, I don't think it's still open. Yeah. But just like what that guy said, you know, if the Africans don't even come out to support yeah. you, and you know, most non-Africans would actually come in to try it out, and you know, take it some time for them yeah. to get used to that. So, because even if even if um, you are targeting non-Africans, yeah. right? Because I found. And back so my experience is in the US. Like yeah. when when we go to a Japanese or a Korean or whatever restaurant, that the group that I'm usually with will say, "Oh, we know this is a good Korean place because there's a lot of Koreans here." So they 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 make that connection. So if you if you come because they don't know the food, right? So yeah. they they they're saying, "Oh, if the the, the that group." Of themselves are not there, then yeah. there so must be something off, wrong. Yeah. you know. And so that's also, I mean, while you know the the business is not targeting, may not be targeting Africans. There's something well, to be said for exactly. yeah for people that haven't experienced it to want to be able to, to go there, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's um, 
Interesting. Yeah, so, that, so with the app, that was it. And then okay. You, yeah, so you could find cuisine. You could find, um, you could search by cuisine, you could search by application. Um, you could find events. Mm. So there's always one event on the other going on. African pop-ups and super club are becoming a thing um, from 2016. We had lots of that. So you could get it listed on the app as well. And then um, there was loyalty scheme at Internet to some businesses there. So if you review, you did everything for them. That good or bad, yeah. you get a point, and then you have to get a certain number of points, and then you get a meal, okay. stuff like that. Um, so now that we'll do sort of both UK and Nigeria, like who I think it's easy to think about who your target market is in the UK now that you're sort of becoming yeah. international, almost. Exactly. So, you are international. <laughs> <laughs> who is here? Who is your target market then? Because I'm sure, like, once you sort of figured out yourself, I'm putting words in your mouth now. <laughs> once, you've sort of, <laughs> once you've sort of figured out a system for doing it in Nigeria, I feel yes. like it would be easy to do that, like, in next door Accra, for example. Exactly, yeah. So, because um, now, so my tagline used to be, oh, you know, platform, discover, share, you know, African and Caribbean resource maybe. But now, like you said, you're going global, international. <laughs> I need to, so I have to reject that um, that tagline. And um, I still want the London bit of it to still be African and Caribbean mm-hmm. restaurants. So um, I'm working with a group of people now, and we're trying to find a way to bring it under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, because like you said, I, I don't want to restrict it to just um, London and Lagos at some point. I want to move into right. other African countries as well. And um, apart from it being a discovery platform, I'm looking to do like events and um, do different things, you know, different styles of dining, yeah. like team dining styles of the work oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Lagos, you guys are pretty good about yeah. doing those sorts of things, like yeah. doing festivals, yeah, like yeah, that. Festival, oh, all this stuff. And even some chefs, like um, getting no mention names, we don't look like I have a favorite. But there's some chefs in Lagos as well that are doing pop ups and yeah. soccer clubs and dipping. You know, if, uh, when I came back and I saw the place, I was like, oh, wow. you know, I know they put the car right yeah. underneath, and then when I got back, I would always, you know, do my conversion. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. But yeah. Not bad. So I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at the situation whereby chops is able to capture all of this, mm-hmm. you know, on one, in one umbrella. So it becomes like, for instance, one of the companies that, um, yeah, well, company that I used to look up to in terms of chops was Zomato. Okay. So Oh yeah. Yeah, and now they're in India. So much of it's Indian? Yes. Oh wow. Over twenty countries and counting. You know, so that's the dream, eh? Yeah. I think my country. But you know, well, you can't think big. I think you know that's when I think big, yeah. So but yeah, that's they started in India right now they're global, they're everywhere. And they still manage to put everything Right. Yeah. So, and of course, in India, they promote more right. Yeah. Oh, so that's that's fair. Yeah. So that you sort of match it. Match it. Yeah. Yes. So if you're in Lagos, you know, if you're in Lagos, I'm not necessarily promoting. You know, about you wanting to go out to eat Nigeria. Right. Food. It's now just that then yeah. you have the different categories I mean, I really like the idea because for someone like me who travels quite a bit, mm. it's so hard to find like. So I specifically, when I travel, I look for African. It, it not, doesn't even have to be Ghanaian, Nigerian. Nigerian I just look for any sort yes. of African food, food. place. 
and it's so hard i mean you have google but it's not always as accurate and it relies on user yeah, yeah. and then it's like you find the address is wrong the, the number of times i remember especially in germany because i also couldn't really read german properly so i don't know who enters it and like the, like i will literally i'll i'll take the bus and the train and i'll go mm-hmm. for like an hour and a half and then i get there and it's an empty lot exactly the same thing happened to myself and my sister when we traveled to amsterdam and it was a struggle yeah we not so i mean in that vein then how do you solve that problem of keeping up because i'm sure at some point that information was accurate exactly. right so, so how do you plan so what, to tackle that challenge yeah so like what i did with church is not when i started was um for the better part of most of the information um i collected it and um entered it into my entered on the website mm-hmm. myself but then there's a claim your listing okay yeah that. so what i did was to inform these restaurants and business apart from those who register themselves mm. they have the you're responsible yeah. for keeping it up to date so for the other ones that they clean your listing button there and then i'll notify them yeah you have a listing here and then and then sometimes for those who haven't cleaned their listing i remember an instance where um somebody had given a bad review on a business i considered very very good one and very professional so um and i thought that review was quite odd it was a bad review so the lady the owner of the business hadn't claimed her listing so she wasn't even aware mm. so um i but what i did then was to actually include their email addresses in such a way that they get it but yeah. i'm thinking they might not say this <laughs> but i just felt like okay, you have to yeah. that, you know and i told her i said oh okay you have a listing you received a review yeah. Target market, we talked about discovery. Uh, let's take a short break here. Let's take a break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about um, the, the topic of doing business in, 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 in Nigeria or in Lagos specifically, since we're in Lagos. We'll talk about a little bit more about what you are doing in terms of trying to launch up streets again. And then you have some other businesses. So we'll talk about what's in the Lagos water that's making people <laughs> that's making people want to run more than one business. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back from the break. Um, we talked about your transition back to Nigeria. Now let's talk yeah. more specifically about doing business in Nigeria. <laughs> and I know you have a lot to say about the challenges. <laughs> so let's start with the good news. What's what? What are the upsides? You think the advantages of doing business, business in Nigeria? Where the things you wouldn't have maybe not been able to do if you were in, still in London, for example. Yeah. 
Okay, so I think one of the upside actually with the opportunities, mm. you know, like it's the loads of opportunities out there. Still lots of problems to solve. And even the solution to the problem has problems. <laughs> so like you know, you see opportunities and you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do mm. this and then you get started but you're frustrated, mm. you know, your hands are tied, things that should, you know, ordinarily work are not working. Um, for instance, so I wish I could say so much about the book. I know, I said my body started going into the I challenges. Really, <laughs> but I okay. Really, I really do wish. But, you know, it's, it's just an interesting, it's, it's an interesting um, terrain, mm. you know, even from the customers to the way the business is run, the way you handle things, your staff, mm. you know, everything is just different. And I don't think any business school will teach you that. You know, it's just different. You know, so the way it's so okay. I think probably I try to be optimistic. I try not to look at the challenges that much. You know, I just tell myself, okay, yeah, you know, you are here. This, this is the challenge. Yeah. Power is a problem, you know. Like for instance, so it's an one of the first things I thought about the online big shop. It's a bakery. We need lights twenty four seven. You know, to do all of those things, and most of the time we don't have. So most of our better part of our expenses goes into um, running the generator. So that's a lot, you know, and. Um, for now, it's an online big shop. We're not looking to have an outlet yeah. anytime soon. And I think one uh, one problem businesses face is that um, the rules and regulations are not clearly stated or spelled out. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, you go in, you get land, you start your building project, you've done all this things the right way. Someone gave this document to you, and one year down the line. The government wakes up and says, "Oh, that's a wrong. You built on the wrong land and all that." And oh, you know, I remember a story about also Ada. Yes, there were about lots of businesses, you know, Jews, not about kids. Yeah, understand. that they were. They, one day were, they woke yeah, up and one day just businesses were their buildings were raised down, and I'm like, these are people that have not taken any money from the government. You know, you've worked so yeah. hard to do things for yourself and you know to it and then one day, and you did things properly. Mm-hmm. Someone signed those yeah. documents, someone gave those things to you and you know it's one day they wake up and say, Oh no, that person should not have done that and it's and yeah, I remember so, reading that and thinking like, okay, if according to your rules, rules. this belongs to somebody else why raise it down? Like, why don't we have a conversation, a conversation? No. about a fine and okay, or, or like, e- or give me time to so relocate? You no, know, you don't do that. There's no dialogue. There's nothing. You just raise it down and then you're left to start from scratch. Money gone down the drain. It's really heartbreaking. And talking about rules and regulation, for instance, again, um, NAPDAC. So NAPDAC is like the regulatory body for food and okay. um, drugs. So for instance, if I wanted to get my products in ShopRite or any of the big stores, mm-hmm. I have to get enough that approved. Now, it's, it's, I think it's just now they're beginning to make it clear. <laughs> but before it was like something shrouded. Yeah. Like, mystery. <laughs> mystery. Like, lots of, and I'm like, but these things need to get approved. Mm-hmm. Why are we hiding? Right. Why don't yeah. people... If you like have this information at the, in the tip of your fingers, you know, so that's one of the challenges. And then 
and some um, the other thing I would say is for businesses in the food space or not even just for businesses that do online and you know, for online businesses, you know, we'll have to do delivery. Yeah. One of our major problem is um logistics. Yeah. So I tell people like even when I speak to my friends and they say, Oh yeah, what kind of business can I come and start a business here? They come and start a logistics company. <laughs> you know, so especially for food because with other non perishable items it's easy. You can tell your you can offer over twenty four hours a day. But then someone places an order ideally they should get it within a specific mm-hmm. you know at at its particular time yeah. and then I wouldn't want to be you know, I mean, if I start someone on the island places and order, I try to get the orders out as early as 9 a.m. But then, the baby guys, my bike spoiled. Yeah. Police stopped me on the road. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have control of You don't have control, yeah. you know? So, so this is me now, you know, you're working so hard trying to give the best service mm-hmm. you can, but then there's something else which you have no control over but thankfully we have understanding customers and you know when you explain to them this is Lagos you know you know how this mm-hmm. stuff work or we try as much as well so I think one of the good side of the of the business is actually um having um, the kind of customers we have so when I started or well, when we started so I run the business with my sister um she was working in nine to five when I moved back and then some point she decided you know she was done with that <laughs> and so we joined forces okay. together to start mango big shop so one of the things that was we were quite intentional mm-hmm. and um we followed through so we, nigeria i would say when you start off in one direction you have to follow through because yeah. when you want to change it's very hard because the investments and, yeah, and all sorts of things exactly you know, it's really hard and then um we told ourselves we were doing online and we're going to do it for a while okay. because we need not need insurance costs and then as a new business you're still going to be struggling with several things and then with customers as well we were quite intentional with them this is how we do it it's not pay on delivery it's not pay on delivery it's not pay before delivery I'm sorry not pay on delivery yeah, it's, it's pay, pay before delivery yeah. and initially it was a bit of a struggle mm. but yeah, so actually before you continue, let's I want I realized that we didn't even introduce people to what's mango. So you also run okay. Mango Bake Shop. Mango Bake Shop. Which is an online Okay, so Mango Bake Shop is an online bake shop. Um we're based in Prestac, but we deliver to everywhere in Lagos, just Lagos for now. And we do stuff like banana bread, carrot bread, sardine bread, okay. cookies and granola. So um we started in August last year, so we've been up for about ten months now. And um, okay, so you, do you do the baking? Myself and my sister we do the baking okay. ourselves. So um, we don't we don't have any kitchen staff, mm-hmm. kitchen staff. So we do it ourselves. Okay, and um, we we'll bake from our mother's kitchen. <laughs> yes. So um, so once in a while, my parents do assist. Uh, it's family business now. We are thankful for that. And then, um, but in terms of for logistics, we have like contractors. And then how did you first start to get your customers? So you decide you have this idea you want to do, it's going to be online only, yeah. you figured out the concept. Yeah. So I think one thing is sometimes, you know, people say, oh, it doesn't look like you've been doing this for less than a year. But what they don't really like is that 
the strategy and the concept have been on for like two years mm-hmm. before we actually oh, started. Wow, yeah. yes. So, um, and it was my sister, the one in Nigeria who I run the business with, she started baking, you know, maybe out of boredom. <laughs> she tried, she did banana bread, she gave it to a few friends. Oh, fantastic, yeah. nice, lovely. And, you know, she was a particular person, she would usually just pick and give it to her. And the next, I think it was maybe the third time or so, they were like, you know what, I'm going to start paying for this. Oh, she was giving it away. Yeah, okay. she was like, no, I love baking, have this, you know. Okay. It wasn't a business, yeah, it wasn't okay. a business idea mm. at the time. It was just something she was doing for yeah. fun. And then she made, and she was doing it, and she was making granola, and she self-taught, so she would go online, the recipes, tweak it to her, and you know. And I remember my parents were coming to visit us in London in 2016, and um, I've seen several pictures she has sent. I said, make sure you give them that granola to bring, you know, to London. And they brought it, and I, you know, myself, myself, we eat granola a lot, and sister in London, and her name's Ella. So, we, myself and Ella, we used to eat granola. And when she, when she brought them, your parents came, and that was the first thing I actually mm. asked her. And I tried it, and it was so good. And what, so when I told her, she said, oh, don't tell me that yeah, because you're my sister. You know, it's, if it's bad, I will tell you it's bad. Yeah, and I told her, I said, this is really good. Mm. And this was the other I said, you could actually start selling yeah. this. She's like, oh, no, no, I don't like sales. I don't want to do it. And I wonder, she was really scared about going into business. And, but um, my other sister, Ella, she's more, she doesn't, she doesn't see no or no or challenge. Yeah. She just starts thinking. So she was already excited thinking about it. And from then onwards, it became we said having meetings on oh, Skype. Yeah. yeah, so myself, my sister Ella in London, and the one in Nigeria, Mary Jane, will have Skype meetings, and each of us will have action points we're going to do. Well, you go research on logistics, yeah. you go research on products, um, our products that mm. we're launching, you research on, you know, on all of that. So everything was all of that took from 2016 up until you know. Created our social media pages, but wanting to create Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. But what we realized was that our customers were on Instagram, not on Facebook and yeah. Twitter. So we weren't active on Twitter and we left Facebook. So and I think that's one thing most businesses fail to understand. The customers are not on every yeah. social media. I agree. And then for me, so I also do the same with with Essence 13 yeah. and then also even with Item 13. I have a presence on all, like, on all, all yes. three. 
but I'm most active on Instagram. That's why I put most effort on content, oh, yeah. especially because I'm not doing this full time. I'm not going to sit around and try to reformat something for Facebook. No, I'm like, if I get on Twitter and I'm like, I'm doing something here, yeah, I can switch accounts and, and yes. But I'm not like my entire social media strategy is around Instagram. Instagram. That's where I get engagement and, and all that yeah. stuff. And, and you're right, like. It's like we distracted. Initially, we were doing everything, and then once we realized that what's most on Instagram, we stopped um, putting so much yeah. and, and effort yeah. on the other ones I post on Instagram. So when we actually got our first Instagram sale, it was wonderful. <laughs> like it was so a shock. Like wow, someone actually placed an order by yeah. Instagram. You know, someone we didn't even know the person, yeah. and it came through. And then we weren't even running ads. On Instagram, it just came out. So we've actually grown um, the page organically, mm-hmm. and you know, it's so good. And then referrals, referrals yeah. have helped us as well. So most, like I said, so most of our orders come from Instagram and then websites. Okay. A few people make phone orders yeah. and text, but the majority comes from Cool. Instagram. And then a wine mango bake shop. It's funny. <laughs> like, I think at the time we were having this strategy session and thinking about it. Mango was in season. <laughs> and then we all love mango. <laughs> so that was the only thing. Really, okay, so initially it was meant to be Mary Jane's um, bakery. Okay. Because my sister, so Mary Jane's bakery, and or MJ's bakery. And so when it was Mary Jane's bakery, it was done for a long time, mm-hmm. from 2016. And then um, when we, we got serious with it, um, then I was still very much, in fact, I didn't have. And at that time, I knew I was coming back to Nigeria. Yeah. So when, when, when they were having a meeting, and they were like, she doesn't want Mary Jane, she doesn't want her name there. Yeah. Like, oh, what food is that? I think I, I think my sister said, Ella said, what food is in season or something like that? <laughs> mango. Okay, mango. So, so mango bacon had been as bad as more as that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it was so funny. There's really no major big story around yeah, me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It, was, it was actually mango bake house. Oh, okay. a big house, and they wanted to register. I can't remember there was. Oh, there was an issue with that mango big house. Yeah. I think there was, and there was something else. It was closely related to something or someone else's on it. Okay, and the lawyer said, "Oh, would you guys switch to mango big house?" Like mango big house is actually yeah, sometimes yeah, cool stuff. And then you also run. This is like <laughs> you also you run Naira Avenue. You are. You are. To go to Silicon Valley, <laughs> you're a serial entrepreneur. Right. So we also do Naira Avenue. Avenue. Yes. So, so that's what that's about. So with Naira Avenue, um, that's officially started this year, um, but I've been freelancing. So the services Naira Avenue is offering. So Naira Avenue basically is a web design agency, and our target market is actually small businesses in Nigeria. So we all, I offer the I offer service to anybody anywhere mm. in the world, but then we have a package that's suited for the okay. Nigerian business. So I've always been a freelancer when it comes design and all that. And um, when I move back, but like cooking, web design is a labor of love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you feel, I, sometimes I feel like you, know, you don't get adequately rewarded yeah. for the 
job Street at the beginning and then Mango Bake Shop in the middle and then Naira Avenue. So Chop Street is about discovery, discovery. right? And then at the end, Naira Avenue is also about discovery. Chop Street is about discovery of food, Ooh. which is what Mango Bake Shop, Shop is. <laughs> and then Naira Avenue is just discovery of business in general. So exactly. there's that common thread yeah, yeah, between I all three. All three. And I think you're on the line that like, there's, oh, like, what's it, um, it's providing solution. Yeah. And, you know, something I'm Cause I'm careful sometimes when I get so um, get on something and I'm so interested in it. Sometimes I forget about the monetary aspect. I just want to solve this problem yeah. and all that. So I've learned how to, you know, what my time is precious and right, yeah. all that, you know. So yeah, you're actually right. There's actually that link yeah. between because all of the, each one has stemmed from right, the exactly. Order. Yeah, so you are like, starting to build your empire. <laughs> Oh, Naira Avenue, so you are Mango Bake Shop or Mango Bake Shop, Naira Avenue. And then, in fact, there was actually a lady that left a comment and said, Okay, I knew it. I knew there was something about Mango Bake Shop. And then she saw Naira Avenue. Now I understand. Yeah. You're not just a baker, you have a tech background mm. and all that. So, um, but um, for me, Naira Avenue, I'm very passionate. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's actually it. And 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 you're right. 2018, like we should be yeah. able to find you. It's, it's find you online. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like you see, so many people doing so well yeah. on Instagram. And I told someone, I said, what if tomorrow 
Instagram decides yeah. what's going to happen. Like you don't even or yeah. how yeah. your information because then so with Nara Avenue, I'm trying to now. So I also do like tactics. You know, are you creating a customer database yeah. and things like that? Because everything for small businesses it kind of like ends on mm-hmm. Instagram for them. So if Instagram shuts down or someone hacks your page, yeah. that's, your business that's is gone. It, yeah. Basically, literally, you don't have your customer yeah. details anymore. I know because I, I think I've seen a couple of times where someone has come and said, Oh, my account was hacking too, so I'm creating this mm-hmm. new account. And you had 40k followers, and you're now come to start. I mean, yeah, they don't know that they yeah, are, you know. Exactly. So, except you build that, um, if you build that relationship right with them, with them yeah. so yes. No, so I think that's good. Yes, in building your empire and maybe following closely. <laughs> so, <laughs> before we transition to the rapid fire, can you let us know where people can find you on social media, online? Okay, so uh, my personal Instagram account is um, Vivika, B-Y-B-Y-K-A-A. I don't post so much there, but... Um, <laughs> That's, and I will include it all also oh, yeah. in the well, that's show notes. Not related to business, yeah, that's my personal account. But for the for Chop Streets on every social media, so Twitter. So Chop Street is actually active on Facebook, Instagram and um, Twitter and Chop Streets and Chop Streets. And um, with Mango Big Shop, it's Mango Big Shop. You can find it on Instagram at Mango Shop and Naira Avenue. Same. Naira Avenue. Same. Okay. Cool. And then online? Online, website, mangobakeshop.com, nairaavenue.com, shopstreet.com. Cool. All right. We'll be seeing you online then. Yes, please. Shopstreet is currently the pages. undergoing maintenance now like I said previously yeah. so, but there are, artic- there are links to articles that people can and so, actually read up on cool alright let's jump into rapid fire questions to wrap up um, should I just say no this is so easy actually I, I, I need to stop and think of like more difficult questions yeah these are super easy questions so the, the one question I ask everybody <laughs> I I ask, yeah, I think I've asked everybody this question. Yes, Ghana Jollof or Niger. And and you know, it will surprise you that people. I mean, if you're Nigerian, it doesn't mean that Niger Jollof yeah, is better. Yeah. Hmm. That's a tricky one for me because I would. I can't see Nigerian jollof or Ghanaian jollof because the Ghanaian jollof I used to eat back in London, I like it. Aha, uh-huh, so yeah. see, that's the answer. So, so let's move on. No, 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 no. Let's move on. I like Nigerian jollof. So I think. Yeah, you're being diplomatic. The official answer is Ghana jollof. So let's move on. Um, buffet or a la carte? Buffet. Swallow or rice? Rice. Red wine or white wine? You don't drink or you don't drink wine. I don't uh, yeah, wine. No, no. no, no bigger wine. Okay, coffee or tea? Coffee. Dining or takeout? Because I like food, I can't <laughs> even choose. <laughs> Dining or takeout? I'll say takeout because then takeout allows me to. Yeah, I know. I, I know. <laughs> Anyway, like a lot of the chefs have said dining because I guess they know like the food stays the way a chef wants it. But like I like, I can take my chicken home. Oh and my it <laughs> <laughs> um, morning person or night person? Night person. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. <laughs> Lagos living or London living? Ah. Uh, <laughs> London living. <laughs> yeah. I like you know, okay, so it's just the ease of um because I'm always open about yeah. um the ease of transportation in London New Mexico and I don't need to think twice if I yeah. have to get from point A to point B. But with Lagos, your trip since the moment you told me you're going to be in Lagos, I've been planning since last week for this for this meeting. Yes. So. Okay. All right. And then lastly, your favorite African restaurant and why it doesn't have to be in Lagos anywhere. Anywhere. Um, favorite African restaurant. So it's funny enough. It's not actually a restaurant. Um, I would say. I have a few. So, Charlie Let's Eat is a pop-up yeah, yeah. and super club in London. Ghanaian. See, Ghanian. you have a thing for Ghanaian food, I'm telling you. Of course, I love Tokumbo's Kitchen. Yeah. It's my friend. But um, for me in London, when people say, oh, authentic Nigerian food, sometimes I get to try the food and it's not anything yeah. Nigerian. You know, it's watered down, the taste and everything. So, But with Tokumbo's Kitchen, I get yeah, yeah. authentic Nigerian food. <laughs> and then, um, which other one... And then um, there was this Cameroonian restaurant as well. Unfortunately, I can't remember the name as well. And that was my first time trying. Yeah, yeah, and I was in India. Glasgow, and I got to try. Um, in Glasgow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, in Glasgow. It's and that's actually one of the. It's what's the name? Anyway, it's actually like the most popular rest, African restaurants in. Glasgow yeah. and um, so before I returned to um, Nigeria, Glasgow was the last place I worked mm. in. I still bank there, so of course I had to find yeah. a restaurant there. And I liked it because I didn't have didn't have the usual things, so it made me. So I tried different things there. Funny enough, they had Cameroonian food, they had South African food. Yeah, so some some of these Myanmar. African restaurants tend yeah. to do that. Yeah, so they may be primarily Nigerian, sure, but they get and exactly. they add a little thing. bit of yeah. yeah. So, but, cool. Okay. My takeaway is that you like Ghanaian food more than Nigerian food. That. <laughs> and that's well, how I, I won't argue. I, won't <laughs> argue. I like Ghanaian. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. I yeah, Ghanaian. Ghanaian has. I think after Nigerian food, I mean, for African food, after Nigerian food. No, I think Ghanaian food. But is <laughs> You should. Hey. You really should. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been fun. I learned a lot. I've been inspired by you, Nanu. And I just, I need to start thinking about my business empire. <laughs> You're getting there slowly. So. Thanks for having me. And great to finally meet you. After yeah, that's good following to meet you. <laughs> This is great. All right, guys. Well, wrap it up here and we'll talk to you next time hey guys thanks for listening to item 13 an essence 13 production if you like the show please subscribe rate and review us on itunes to keep up to date on news and events from essence 13 please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter essence and the number 13 thank you